Welcome to the Cap City Outfitters Podcast. This is episode 132. You got Chris and Brian, and today we are going to talk about our recent experience shooting the NRA 300 point police call, aka the old school CPD call, and then a couple other activities after that. Absolutely. Um, guys, this is, uh, the, you know, one of the things that if you talk to guys that are trainers for law enforcement agencies, um, generally the guy who gets that training job is somebody who wants the training job. Um, it's not generally just dispensed uh, to somebody, you know, like, hey, it's your turn, your day in the barrel kind of thing. Um, and, and most police trainers, I would say, take their jobs very, very seriously and are pretty competent individuals themselves. Uh, CPD's got some cadre guys at their academy and some ordinance guys that are just honestly just shit hot dudes. They're super squared away. Then um, we had an opportunity to have a conversation with one of them a while back about the old qual course versus the new qual course. Um, and something in general that you'll find with guys who train other people um, is they actually understand the distinction between shooting a qualification and training. Um, you don't shoot a qualification as training. You shoot a qualification as a liability waiver, essentially, to put in a file somewhere so that when you have to smoke some turd, um, you can prove that it wasn't an accidental shooting, that you actually meant to shoot what you were aiming at. And it also gives, I, I think, some agencies, especially larger agencies, some cover to say, but we trained them and they met the minimum standard. And this is what, you know, Ohio as a state has set forth, or this is what somebody, you know, whatever, whatever local agency has set forth as the minimum standard. And we met the minimum standard. Um, you, you have some officers out there that aren't necessarily gun dudes and, and they struggle to qual. Uh, you have some officers out there that, that are absolutely guys who take that part of the game seriously um, and understand that they have to use it. They have to be on point. And then you have some guys um, you know, just kind of in the middle that are out there doing what they need to do that are maybe gun gamers who are really, really good. And, and to them, the qual is kind of a, it ends up being a little bit of a joke. Um, CPD's current qual is an NRA qual or pardon me, OPOTA qual based on an NRA uh, scoring course. That's pretty simple. Um, I think at some point we may have talked about it in a podcast where we shot it, um, in the dark, half times cut in half. Um, and shooting against each other, honestly, three of us on the line, not knowing what we were shooting. We just shot the course um, and blew through it. And, and I think I think between the three of us, we dropped two or three shots. Like out of the center, like the special egg. zone. Yeah, out, yeah, of, the out of the egg. Not And this was this was on the old school target that has a, uh, I would guess it's a four by eight egg in the center, four by eight oval or ellipse in the yeah. center, um, and, and burned through that. Um, I had shot the CPD qual course years, and also not even years, decades ago, um, just playing around. I had access to a range where the targets were available, the timers were available, and some guys knew the course of fire and ran me through it every once in a while to tolerate some snot-nosed kid, maybe because it was a break from doing paperwork, I don't know. Um, so I do have some experience with that, but it was a long, long time ago. With The targets we used are the newer targets, and they have an extremely generous five-point zone. And then they have like the consolation prize four point zone, which is like an extra inch around the five point zone. The five point zone, what would you call that? Would you say that's a ten by ten? Twelve by twelve. Twelve by twelve. It's big. It's big. Yeah, it should have brought one to measure. Um, but it, it's it's a big five point zone, and then you add another inch to an inch and a half around that um, to give you the four point zone or the one point down zone. Um, and then anywhere else on the silhouette is still you get one point at least. Um, and then off the papers, off the paper. So. Um, we, we ran through the course of fire. It starts, you know, out at a fairly good distance, I think 25 meters, 25 yards, 25 whatever. Yards, yeah. And you have, you know, standing, um, kneeling, or, or kneeling, standing and strong side, uh, right side barricade, strong side, left side barricade, but both strong hand, two hand. Yeah. Um, 
there's there's a reload in there somewhere. Um, and, and that was probably the part of the thing where most of us, we've been doing rifle stuff for the last couple months and haven't done a whole lot of handgun other than what we've done on our own. Um, and, and it was an interesting conversation because I think that's the part of the whole thing that was interesting because if you were going to drop points, that's probably where you're going to drop them. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so going back to the qual thing, um, sorry, I got off track there a little bit. It happens. A lot of coffee. I'm doing good though. Thanks. Um, we were talking about quals versus training. Um, the the quals a metric. That's all it is. Um, it, you know, so if, if you have a mentality where oh well, we go out and qual twice a year as training, that's not actually training. The qual gives you basically things to work on. If you notice that your twenty five yard groupings were one way or the other, maybe check your sights or check your finger or check your grip or check something like that because you might be doing something wrong. But the qual is simply, I think, from the top down from an admin viewed down it's a it's a waiver form it's a liability form it's this that or the other at the ground level for the officer and the trainer it's a diagnostic look at your target look at what you're doing take that opportunity to kind of fix those things um we we, we hear some grumblings about local pds where they'll have the guys come out on a qualification day or a training day and they'll do their quals the first thing they do and they run it cold um the the, the reason for that's twofold number one you should be able to do it and I'll, we'll talk about the numbers of these quals here in just a minute. Um, but I think you should be able to do it on demand, not at your best. Yeah. Mike Pannone likes to call quals doing the maximum of the minimum. Yep. Uh, so a perfect score on the qual is is really just doing the maximum of the minimum. Yeah. And this is a, you know, this is a very, uh, you know, a very unpleasant thing to say, but, you know, smoking your qual, um, it, it, you ought to be able to. It's a foul shot. It's the yeah. one shot that's consistent. Um, you know, it, in the it's whole like game, the participation trophy from T-ball. It is. It really is. You're gonna almost no matter what, you're gonna get it. So, so talking about that, and, and the, you know, most trainers again, they're using the quals of diagnostic, or they're getting it out of the way because it's something they have to do. But it also may give them a target to point out and go, okay, cool. Here's some things you need to work on. Um, you know, and maybe you're super squared away. You know, I mean, we have guys who go in. We recently, you know, we're talking to a, a local officer. Um, you know, and, and went in to shoot a qual and ended up not even using his own gun and still shot a 290 plus qual. Um, and it was funny cause you know, some of the folks around are like, Oh, well, if you don't have your gun with you, you know, come back another day, blah, blah, blah. And, and this gentleman's like, well, I'll just use yours. And they're all, oh, well, you know, it doesn't really work like that. And he kind of chuckled and smoked the qual and they kind of looked at him like he's crazy. Um, it just turns out he's actually really, really squared away and skilled. Um, and, and he's, you know, he's a, he's a trainer. He's a guy who knows things and teaches people and stuff like that and takes it very seriously. So I, I think that's kind of telling that if, he, if, if I can take someone else's gun and burn down a qual and shoot it better than they do with their own gun, that's probably a wake-up call for them, not for me. So, yeah. um, so anyway, so uh, do, we, do we go into the course of fire here? Do we break do it you, down? Do you want to? Do you have the cheat sheet? Um, I, I know it well enough. I may not know okay. what the exact reps yeah, are. They're part time. through it. Okay. Um, in, in general, law enforcement quals, in general, and I don't want to pigeonhole everybody because some departments do raise the bar a little bit. Uh, in general, law enforcement quals give you ridiculous amounts of time to complete the course of fire, the string of fire uh, each time. Um, at 25 yards, um, you, you draw and take a knee, fire six rounds. And then you reload, and then you shoot six rounds strong side off barricade, six rounds weak side off barricade, weak side, not weak hand, uh, at 25 yards. You have over a minute. 65 seconds. Yeah, you have over a minute to make that happen. Um, 
and, and so, but again, 25 meters is not insignificant for a pistol shot, especially if it's something you only do twice a year um, or when you're forced to. Uh, I, I, I felt like with our group, I was a little bit embarrassed by how many of us had shots that were not where they were supposed to be. Yeah, I honestly think we would have shot this better if we were shooting at steel because it would have given people smaller targets to shoot at. Yeah, it's just hard, you know, do it as a five point or a zero. Yeah. You're on or you're off, take your pick. Um, so anyway, so that you know, ridiculous amount of time, um, performance wise, again, you know, we, we've been doing rifle stuff. That's not really an excuse because there's still a baseline of performance that I think we expect of each other. Um, but having said that, we'll come back to the numbers at the end a little bit. Um, from 25 yards, you drop down to 17 yards, or 45 feet, 45 feet, 15 yards. Yeah. Um, and you do, uh, six rounds, um, Standing six rounds, kneeling. I don't know. I should have brought it with me. You're right. Uh, but anyway, the, it's it's twelve rounds, or six rounds, a couple of different ways. But you have like twelve seconds to do it. Yeah. Uh, still, again, all the time in the world. Uh, then you drop down to like seventeen feet, and then at seventeen feet, it gets repetitious. You do the same couple things a few times, where you're drawing and firing a few rounds, um, and and then, but you're doing that same string of fire with part times that are four or five second part times, depending on which iteration, etc. Um, and you're, you're blowing through those, you know, multiple times through. And I think that again, kind of lends itself to proving consistency. So you did it once great, but can you do it three times in a row or six times in a row? Yeah. And some of these were six rounds through again, pretty generous part times, uh, a few shots in four seconds. Or yeah. Something. It was like draw from the holster in two shots in four seconds. Yeah. That, what, six times. Yeah. Six times or something like that. Um, and then you go to 12 yards, um, or 12 feet, pardon me, 12 feet, uh, four yards, um, and basically you do some iterations that are, that are fairly quick, like one handed, two handed or one handed, uh, and then weak handed, uh, where you're just two shots. Um, you know, all this except for the up close stuff was out of the holster. Um, and again, you know, the part times were, we, we found that in almost every instance, even, even the guys at the end of the group that are a little bit slower still generally had probably pushing 20 to 25% of the part time left over, um, even on the short end, even on yep. some of the two and three second pars had a half a second or a whole second left, different things like that. And and that was with me repeating over and over and over again what their times were and, hey, you've got more time, make sure you make your hits, et cetera. And at those distances on a 10 by 10 box or 11 by 11 box, whatever it was, I, there were very, very few drop shots at that point. Um, when we go back and do and kind of review what the points actually look like, um, our uh, the, the low man in this particular run was a was 240 ish yeah um i'm pretty sure that qualling is 210 um i think swat's got to shoot 285 to stay on swat uh, out of 300 and they actually do use this qual course um and then beyond that we had uh i think i just missed a 285 i think i shot a 283 you shot a 289 yeah uh we had another guy shoot a 290 291 291 um you know and so we had everybody in there would have would have qualled fairly easily um and I think coming in cold, we probably shoot a lot more than your Mark One Mod Zero law enforcement officer, because um, it's our hobby. It's it's yeah. something that we enjoy doing, and that's you know or the training end of it's kind of our thing. Um, so you know, I think this. I, I still think it, you know we have a plan to go through and do some handgun cleanup stuff, and I think now we know where to do it, um, and and so work through that and and see if we can't tighten that up a little bit. But I'll be super super surprised if if almost everyone doesn't pick up at least 10 points, if not more, uh, where, where they have it, um, yeah. the guys that have it, you know, uh, shooting a 283, I'll be really unhappy with myself if I'm not above 290 if we go shoot it again. 
uh, for you, I would expect you to be chasing clean the next time. Um, and I'd like to be chasing clean the next time too. Yeah. Um, you know, for the guys that are in the 240 range, I'd be really surprised to see them there not pick up 20, 10 or 20 points pretty handily just by understanding time management and that you got all the time in the world. Yeah. Um, guys, we, we, we shot the qual not to be able to say, look how good we are, or we're better than someone else, or this, that, you know, it's not anything about that. It's just very simply, that's a local baseline that professionals use, and it's always nice to measure yourself. Um, we, we do that on a regular basis when we do some of the super go-fast stuff from, you know, some of the, what's the the one set of drills that the go-fast guys use where you're running with a rifle and half of it's running and shooting and blah, 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 blah. Um, the X-ray Alpha stuff. Yeah, the X-ray Alpha uh, stuff. A lot of the Ben Stoder stuff yeah, the, got ex- published in established part-times. Exactly, you know, established part-times. But, you know, we run all that stuff. So we didn't pick this drill to say, hey, look at us. We picked this drill because we wanted to know how are we performing against guys who get paid to do it for a living. Yeah. And I would say, you know, pr- pretty solid. Um, granted, there's a whole lot other stuff they have to know that that we don't, you know, know necessarily um, you know, I don't, I, we don't have to train in defensive tactics. We don't have to train in law. We don't have to train in, um, you know, uh, traffic code and this, that, and the other. We don't have to train in all the procedures for whatever else you're going to trip over as a law enforcement officer. Um, so it's not about, you know, hey, I can do your job or anything stupid like that. It's, it's literally about this one skill set. Um, I think we acquitted ourselves solidly. Yeah. Could be better. Yeah. Um, Honestly, I thought it was a pretty good use of 60 rounds. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And it is a 60-round course. Um, it does take a little bit of time because there's a decent amount of resetting. Uh, it, it is also still, to some extent, revolver-centric, um, uh, which is, is, at this stage of the game, is a little bit mind-numbing. Um, I, I'm not sure why that is, other than that's just the way it is. That's just the way that's the way we've always done it. So. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, it, it's a good metric, and it, I guess that maybe forces some reloads and stuff like that. Yeah, um, I will say too, it's it's actually pretty, uh, call it small gun friendly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I shot this with a brand new 365 XL. Yeah. Uh, with a 507K on yeah. top of it. Yeah. So having you know, max of the 12 round string of fire worked well with the little gun mags. Um, a couple yeah. guys shot it with, I think, Q43Xs or G48s. Yeah, so they had some forced reloads where everybody else didn't have a reload. Um, but again, that was more at, at under that 65 second time yeah. limit, which is ridiculous. So that was you know no big deal there. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I don't think it's an unreasonable qual course. I think the center zone's generous. Um, I, I'd love to see you know I mean we tend to focus on a lot smaller center zones. That probably the the USPSA A zone is about half. That would make this a lot more interesting. Yeah, it's about half the size, and I think it'd be interesting to shoot this under that and see where the points go, and call it five, four, and one yeah. versus A, B, and C zones, and go on. Um, and and if that if that's a target you have access to, that might be a good way to do it too. Because again, at the times there, there's no reason not to. Um, but it, it was a it was an interesting run. Um, I, I think to some extent we were all, I think just about everybody was a little bit disappointed with themselves and what they scored because. We spend a fair amount of time behind the handgun, and being away from it for a couple months is kind of one of those. Well, we haven't shot for a couple months, but that's also a BS excuse, not the reality check. Yeah. So, um, in addition, we we did some other modifications. Is there anything else you want to add to that? I mean, I, I don't want to. Like I said, I'm not here to pick on anybody or, or say look at us. It's just a nice metric to have out there. Yeah, I mean, this is it's a a the distance, the 25 yard stuff definitely keeps you honest. Yep. From a basic pistol marksmanship perspective, yeah, um, the distance there 
shows weakness in grip, yeah. shows weakness in sight alignment. Um, if you have any ammo issues where your ammo doesn't grip super tight, you're going to find out right there. Yeah. Yep. Um, and then also the way that these these are targets are set up, where they're really just a great big black blob. Yeah, you can't delineate zones visually. Very faintly like, marked. Mar faintly marked, like low contrast gray paint or gray ink to do the um, the scoring zones. So trying to find a consistent reference point on the target was honestly kind of hard. Yeah, which is probably a good thing again because it's intended for real world use. Not many bad guys walk around with a bullseye. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, I'll agree with that completely. And in the the, I will say that I do like the fact that 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 zone where they want you to shoot is is fairly well placed. We're not looking at the old school um, nine ten ring where it was in the, literally the middle of the body, center of mass, yeah. versus up where it needs to be to to kind of stop somebody a little quicker, or at least get their adjust their behavior a little yeah. quicker. So yeah, um, agreed with that completely. And the other thing, too, is if you're shooting this, um, it, it, uh, PM your gear and know what's going on. Um, I shot this with a new gun and and honestly hadn't even bothered to go out and zero the gun, etc. Just wanted to run it and see what was going on with it. Um, the gun was shooting a little bit left, um, not enough to affect my scores. Uh, because when we shot it at half the distance, I was an inch off, so that would have been two inches off at the normal 25 yeah. yards. So that, so you know, not not making excuses, but it did come to light that the grouping was pushed to the left, and it's like, wow, was that me? Uh, when I buckled down, and then at the end confirmed um, there was a little bit of off, and yes, it was all me. <laughs> so nice to have that in your pocket. Mm -hmm. So uh, the other thing too, uh, when you're out and you shoot a qual course like this. If you have access and you can get a copy of it um, and you want to talk about it in a podcast, have that copy in front of you so you don't sound like a dolt, uh, but also keep it in your training book so that you've got it around uh, so you can refer to it later. And then take a photo of the picture, uh, a photo of the target so that you can go back and score it and remember what your score was or write it down, make a note of it somewhere if you've got a training log. Um, but we want to, that's something that we want to come back to in a couple of months and kind of see where we're at. Yeah. So, yeah, cool. Um, additionally, uh, we also ran some modified... I know there's like a X-ray alpha X yeah, to the so max to the G to the Y to the Z to the hippity hippity hop hop something or rather what was the drill called? Ah, uh, so we did Ben Stoder's very not fun version of yeah. the MXAD or Matt X-ray alpha drill. Uh, so this had a USPSA backer set up at five yards, and then one uh, horizontally directly next to it, but pushed back vertically another seven yards. Yeah. Um, so first target at five, second target at 12, uh, and you shoot, um, eight rounds total, but one round on the first target, the second round on the far target, go back to the first target, go to the far target, uh, repeat until you shot eight rounds. Uh, it's really, Ben kind of took this as an eye tracking drill yep. because it forces you to shift focal planes a whole bunch of times between the targets and your sights. Um, and it, it, in count, um, there's a there's a lot of stuff going on. And it's I mean it's a, it's a pure transition drill. Yeah, it's a pure transition drill. It's lots and lots and lots of transitions. Um, it's kind of fun to watch this spill out um, because everybody like I think was a little bit cautious the first run through and still had you know times were anywhere from clean times were anywhere from six to eight seconds give or take. Yeah. Um, you know so that so those transitions that's not super impressive. Um, the, the six seconds was, was, I think, was probably pretty solid. The eight seconds was pretty comfortable. 
Um, you know, when you when you really tried to push it a little bit hard, I think I, I ended up pushing a shot or two. This was on an A zone on a USPSA target, so a little bit tighter target. Um, and I did find that I had a couple of misses that were right on the edge that I think at that 12-yard mark, I still can't blame on my sights. My sights weren't off that far. Uh, I want to. I really want to blame my sights, but they weren't off that far. It might have might have contributed, right? Um, but we were, you know, if you didn't run it clean, it kind of was a didn't count kind of thing. Um, the previous iteration, the actual version of this drill is draw and fire six on the close target, two on the far target. Um, four second part time. And with a four second part time. Uh, without the transitions, that's, you know, you only have one transition, so that's that's doable. You made it. I think Jared was closer, made it. Um, it seems like a couple people, and I was right on the edge of it, yeah. couldn't quite get four seconds without dropping a shot. Um, so, I mean, that while that sounds like a crazy part-time, it's actually pretty doable. We did we did that as us. We did that in the dark. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I did that, the same drill in the, the real MX-80 drill in daylight about a month ago and ran a a three five. Okay, so more than no, doable, no problem at all. With yeah, the, that was with the G seventeen with the five hundred seven C on it. Okay, so yeah, so you know, uh, when we talk about some of these part times, you think, you know, if you're if you have a two and a half second draw stroke, then yeah, four seconds is going to be tough to make that. Um, if you're, you know, if you're down at one and a half on the draw or under two on the draw, solidly under two on the draw, um, that'd be great. If you're, you know, if you're freaking Jedi and you got a nine nine or a nine four or whatever draw, then that makes life a lot easier. You got a lot more time to shoot especially when you're pulling, you know, 0.2s or less on your splits. Um, when you start transitioning target to target to target to target back and forth, that, that slows you down a little bit. And that also, I think, separates um, the guys that have really solid skills and good visual tracking and practice visual tracking, because that is something, a skill that you can track, um, you know, and, and, and work with. Um, I, that was something I struggled with, because getting back to the front sight when you can't see the front sight clearly was rough. So, and having said that, I still ran it in the sixes, um, all the, you know, all those runs. And I think I, I dumped one run. I had one shot off yeah. on one of the runs. So I'm pretty happy with that. Good stuff though, from a, you talk about breaking down skills that that breaks down that transition skill, isolates it and lets you beat the crap out of it in a few runs. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And it makes you really focus on maintaining your grip the whole time. Yep. Um, and yeah. properly managing the trigger. Yeah. Um, Cause that. 12-yard target's not really that far, but it's far enough that you got to slow down and actually get a good trigger press Yep. versus being able to just mash the trigger really fast at the close target. Yep, yep. So, um, And then we went uh, also and did basically a modified Mozambique, uh, two shots center zone on the close target, and then one shot to the head on the far target, uh, three-second par time. Um, we ran that three times. I think I made that under three seconds. I ran like a 2.68 clean once, but then I dumped a shot. I dumped the shot up close on like a, I had like a 210 run, but dumped the shot up close, mm. and then had a one where I was just over three seconds, but dumped the shot at distance, uh, mashed it to the left. So, um, but the mo with that transition is pretty cool too because you got to get out of the holster quick. You got a little bit of loose up front, but you got to really tighten it up on the back end. Um, and I think that was pretty cool that a lot of our guys were again chasing that three seconds pretty easily. Mm with the draw and with the transition target to target. So pretty solid stuff. Yeah. The going and this was the entire head box on the far target. Yep. Um, yeah, the, the far target got some people's attention though. Mm -hmm. There was, there was definitely the need to, to slow down that extra 10th or two tenths of a second and refine things. Yep. Versus being able to just, you know, pull this, pull the gun up and let the round fly. And it, it also brings to light too some things, you know, one of our guys pointed out, um, 
uh, super sweaty, hot, humid night. Um, you know, guns were sweaty, hands were sweaty, etc. And and this is a dude who who has like you know crushed cue ball strength kind of thing. Um, and still was fighting with slipping around on the gun just a little bit and getting everything just perfect, uh, which I think is you know probably indicative of a little more real world conditions. Nothing's going to be perfect. Um, and and even at that, as misses drove him a little crazy they still were on the target and would have had good effect on the target. It would have been something that would reset the bad guy's loop a little bit. Um, but, you know, it's just kind of that, okay, cool, this is something to work on. Uh, also, it's a guy who's used to running a double-stack Glock and was running a single-stack Glock or a stack and a half, was went to a 48 um, and has ginormous hands on a small gun, kind of like you running that little SIG, um, that XL um, with big hands. Uh, it, 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 it brings some things to light. It's a change in how you're holding the gun. It's a change in what you're seeing and where the gun's lined up with your body structure versus holding on to a larger grip. So for the guys with big hands, that can make a big difference too. Yeah. So, And I also wonder if the shape of the XL being wider versus the length of the grip versus the Glock is longer versus the length of the grip, if that doesn't make a difference in being able to hold on to it if you have big hands. Yeah, I, I've been, I mean, I've only shot this 365XL the one night. Yeah. Uh, but I've been really happy with it. Um, it handles like a slightly smaller G17. Yeah. Um, yeah, it wasn't, didn't seem like a big deal to go from, you know, a double stack, full-size Glock. Yeah. To the, you know, the stack and a half-ish. Well, you shot a 289 yeah, on a Qual. SIG, little SIG. Yeah, you shot a 289 on a Qual with that gun, with the dot, um, but with a gun essentially you hadn't shot before. Yeah, completely cold. So yeah, um, I will say you know running the 507C on the G17 and then running a 507K on the Sig. Um, I run the circle dot reticle on both of those. Yeah, I effectively have circle dot reticles in my low power variable um, yeah. optics on my rifles, and then I've got a MRO HD on a Scorpion from CZ that is also a circle dot reticle. Yeah. So it's made the visual aspect of shooting very very consistent. Yep. Um, yeah, that that makes a big difference. Um, yes. Having effectively one sight picture, regardless of platform, yep. um, simplifies things dramatically. Yes. Yeah, it gives your brain, your processor is doing less work at that point to make the same thing happen. So, good it's, stuff. It gets it more shooting is shooting. Doesn't matter what you're shooting. Yeah. Um, just put the put the sights where you want the bullets yep. to go. Yep. And then don't mess up the trigger. Yep. So cool. So, you know, again, just kind of some lessons learned, um, nothing, nothing earth shattering, um, some modifications of things we've done previously, uh, but just trying to benchmark a little bit. And so, uh, you know, hope, hopefully that gives you guys, you know, something that you can look at or play with. Again, we'd like to have the conversation with you um, about some of these things. Uh, you know, if you've got a metric that you use or a drill that you use or a qual that you like to use, um, you know, we'd love to hear from you in the shop, love to hear from you and, you know, have that conversation around some some other good metrics some good baselines to keep uh, it's no different than going to the gym you know make a note of it and then and then try and be better than you were yesterday what's pat max saying be able to kick your yesterday use but tomorrow today somehow. something like that something yeah. like that so yeah cool uh yeah on that note as we come across course of fire and drills and things uh, we post them to our social media you can find us on facebook and instagram uh, just search for cap city outfitters and you can find us on both of those uh, also, we do an email newsletter that comes out once a week on Fridays. You can sign up for that on our website, capcityoutfitters.com, or drop us an email to info at capcityoutfitters.com, and we will add you to the newsletter list. On our website, you can find valuable information, 
such as how to do an FFL transfer or how to purchase a suppressor via our storefront over at silencershop.com. Uh, lastly, we look forward to seeing you in the store. Uh, we're here Tuesday through Saturday, um, 10 to 5. Um, we're in Hilliard, Ohio, 4465 Cemetery Road. Um, we're in front of the Aldi's. We're directly next to Louis Fusion Grill. Uh, if you are listening to this podcast when it drops, uh, you'll be able to see us on Saturday, July 31st. And then we are taking a summer break um, to go explore and do fun things and not be stuck here um, at the store because we need a little bit of a break mentally. Um, yep. So we will be closed for summer break uh, August 1st through the 9th. And we will see you again on Tuesday, August 10th. Yep, yep. Thanks so much for tuning in, guys. Appreciate it.